everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Long Box, guys. With me as always, some of my very best friends since I was a very little kid. Uh, Mikey, you lost the nose thing, but if you don't want to do it, I'll do it. I'll read it straight off the Wikipedia page. No, Thank I got you it. Much. All right. How are you doing, and what are you drinking, pal? I'm doing excellent, and I am drinking a Leinenkugel Summer Shandy. It is very tasty. What's the Shandy kind of stirring one? Lemonade. Yeah, that's what I a Shandy is. Oh, I thought a Shandy... I, Excuse me, I thought a shandy could be beer and almost anything. Like, beer and lemonade is very common, but I thought, like, beer and cranberry juice, beer and um, uh, half and half, like, iced tea and lemonade, like, or Palmer, I thought it could be anything. If you just say shandy, you mean lemonade. If you say, if there's another descriptor, you can put other things in there, and people have added the, the, the moniker shandy to it, but it's not really. A shandy is just beer and lemonade. Uh, I've had a very good orange shandy. It was just called a shandy, but it was orange juice and beer, and it was delicious. So, I thought it could be anything. So all this time, people have been adding bits of Arnold Palmer in it? Yeah, that's just the dude. I can't believe he's still alive. Yeah. Kill me. Yeah. Kill me. Sounds horrible. <laughs> so you're drinking a, a delicious shandy. Josh, what are you drinking tonight, buddy? Uh, I have a uh, a peach IPA. Called Cobbler. Mm. It's a little much, but I'm going to finish it. All right. Well, you got to finish because there's a uh, shortage of peaches. Now, if presidents, yeah, if, if the presidents of the United States of America have taught me anything, is that there used to be millions of peaches. Yeah. Yeah. Peaches were yeah. great. Yeah. But that's yeah. a big thing, though. Georgia had a terrible season this year. They were almost out of peaches. Tommy, how are you doing? And what are you drinking, sir? Uh, I'm just uh, doing okay. And I'm drinking some. Hamilton's Lowland Scotch to reflect my mood. Are you low today, uh, my buddy? Uh, I've been having uh, migraines the past couple of days, so. Ah, gee, I'm sorry. That's that's got to be hell on your mental uh, abilities. It is. It is. It's almost like a psych lock. <laughs> <laughs> Way to step all over my great segue. But hey, speaking of mental abilities, today we're talking about Betsy Braddock, better known as Psylocke. A mutant with some very cool powers who gets augmented, de-augmented, changes race and uh, a couple of twice, to my knowledge, and is one of the more powerful psychic mutants on the planet, if I'm not mistaken. Mike, do you want to give us just a little bit of backstory on uh, Betsy, and then we'll talk about where we've seen her and where we liked her? Sure. We're going to continue our dive into all of the X-Men that are worth talking about. This week, we're talking about Betsy Braddock, a.k.a. Psylocke. Wait, wait. Uh, because of that caveat, is that why we're not doing Doug? Doug Ramsey? Yeah. We're going to do Doug. We're yeah, gonna we're gonna, well, eventually. we'll get the... Yeah. yeah. I thought Doug was next. That's why I was asking. No. All right. No, yeah, Doug's I got way the down on the list. <laughs> yeah. we may, we're probably never going to make it to Doug Ramsey, to tell you the truth. All right. I like Doug. Hey, he's... Great, but uh, if we were talking to mutants, that would be fine. But we're We're talking about X-Men here. We're talking about Betsy Braddock first appearing in Captain Britain, Volume 1, back in 1976, created by Herb Tripe, the artist, and Chris Claremont, the writer. She appears as the sister of Brian Braddock, Captain Britain, and then later on, because Claremont loves bringing back characters that he created, uh, brings her into the X-Men as a 
mutant with psychic ability. And eventually she becomes a Asian assassin. How does that happen? Body swap. Yeah, so the, there's a, a lot going on with the body swap, the abduction, the variety of, I'm not going to say evolution of powers, because sometimes she's strong in one area, and then she sort of teeter-totters. It's been a it's been a pretty rough ride for Betsy Braddock over the years to sort of get where she is. I like the uh, the modern incarnation where she is sort of the psychic assassin. I think that's an interesting combination of powers and abilities. But I mean, clearly when she's uh, prior to that, she she is like this powerhouse psychic, right? We get the 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 aura slash butterfly effect which i don't think yeah that was mainly telepathy yeah, yeah she she has like telepathy and mind control and she had the instead of the blade she actually had the beam going um yeah. i and i don't think it's ever established whether or not the butterfly effect is for the audience or if people can see it yeah i don't know i think it's for the audience i think I, it's for I, the reader okay yeah I, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, that's nice. It's a cool effect. It's a, uh, you know, I've always, you know, the characters always sort of sat on the outlies for me. Honestly, I didn't even remember she was Captain Britain's sister uh, until we started doing a little reading. But I was like, she is. Like, I never, never even really rung, rung with me at all. So. That I'm always I'm always surprised. To, I was like, is that is that really explored? Like, is that something I should have read? Is that something I should remember? Because I don't remember it at all. You would have to have uh, delved into Excalibur. Yeah, that's I didn't... where the main connections are for Betsy, and that's how she actually gets introduced into the X Men is via Excalibur. Huh. But I, she is no longer called Psylocke. She is now called Captain Britain. She has taken over the mantle from her brother. Oh, really? Yes. Wow, good for her. It's a nice promotion. Yeah. Uh, Captain, yeah. Yeah. Comes with a huge pay raise. Especially if it's a Navy captain. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she's been a member of both Excalibur, the Captain Britain Corps, X-Men, the Horsemen of the Apocalypse, X-Force. She led that team for a while. And she did a body swap with an Asian assassin named Quanin. Uh, they have since, that lasted for like 30 years of comic time. And they've since swapped bodies back. So now she's back in her original body. That's why she's taken on the Captain Britain, which is kind of a hereditary line over in uh, uh, with the Captain Britain Corps. She's in a relationship with Rachel Summers right now. She's one of the uh, one more openly LGBTQ plus members of the X-Men. Although it's, it's kind of just mentioned. It's not like focused on. It's just that's who she is, right? She's in a relationship with Rachel. And that all stems back to their relationships from Excalibur where it was kind of implied, but never delved into. 
I I think she's got a great look for her character. The psychic daggers and the psychic blades is just an awesome visual in the comic book medium. It's much better than those stupid butterflies. And I think if you're going to read anything about her, you probably want to delve into when she was in charge of X-Force. Because in that, she's the leader of the team and she's trying to hold all of these potentially dangerous other mutants in check to make sure they go out and carry out the black ops missions that or Cyclops is sending them on. But I think, Mike, I think, Mike, if you really want to know where those psychic daggers come from, then you have to kind of read Dissolution and Rebirth which is a collection from X-Men 248 to 267, which goes about how all the X-Men go through the Siege Perilous and get reborn. And she gets taken over by the Mandarin's crew and becomes Lady Mandarin and is totally brainwashed. And that's where she starts developing her assassin skills and develops the, the psychic daggers and starts working for the Mandarin as Lady Mandarin in those books. So that's kind of like before that she wore armor. And when she was with the X-Men, she was afraid of being physically attacked and kind of afraid of her physical body being damaged. Whereas after that, she kind of loses that sort of uh, necessity. Yeah. She becomes a badass, right? Yeah. Yeah. She, she becomes much more physical in her fighting, whereas before it was all kind of relying upon her telepathy mostly um, and relying upon armor to save her from the physicality. How about you, Tom? I know you got to have a favorite series of Psylocke. I, I really don't have a favorite series with Psylocke, but I do like her more as Captain Britain, uh, which is... I want to say a new thing, but that's been going on for a long time, right? Two or three years. Yeah, it, it's it's new to me because I just kind of looked up and like, she's Captain Britain now. What power set does she have as cat as Captain? Is she like, does she still have the, the cool staff? I like the staff. No. Man, gotta have that staff. The staff is cool. <laughs> uh, I never got too much into this character. As I've said before, I did like the cool butterfly thing. I like the psychic daggers way more because they're much more cool. I think they kind of gave it the butterfly things to make it kind of a feminine attack when it was anything but a feminine attack, really. It was a pretty devastating attack when they were the psychic butterflies. I do like Betsy Braddock, but I like her more as Captain Britain. That's fair. I mean, uh, I thought the casting... If we're going to go into the movies, Olivia Munn was a perfect casting choice and totally wasted in that movie. Totally wasted. She trained so hard. If you watch some of the behind the scenes stuff of her training, she took it super seriously. Olivia Munn's a a good actress, but more than just being a good actress, she is a very committed worker. She put in the hour. She tried really, really hard, and I think they did not do her justice. Yeah. She was kind as of an opposed to all, Yeah, as opposed to all of the other X-Men that did justice in those films. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's a good that point. Yeah, there was no one. 
Quicksilver and whatever one of those movies. So hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, she worked so yeah. hard though. She had the sword in intro. <laughs> Quicksilver one scene. Two one scenes. Scene. Come on, two scenes for Quicksilver. Nah, I thought the other scenes sucked compared to the. The first scene was the best. The first scene was amazing. No argument. I like the second one too. Meh. I don't know how he listens to the song at the right speed. He's running because he always puts on the headphones, right? But you just put it, it's fast forward. Not fast Still forward. not gonna be quick enough. I got nothing. It, anybody else on uh, this very powerful in the in the great scale of things? Where where do you put her psychic powers? They're not. Xavier level. They're not Omega level. Nor, nor, nor Jean Grey. No. But hand to hand, like meet in the back of a dark alley, this is not someone I want to see who wants to take me down. Are we talking no, about and now that she's got the powers of Captain head. Britain, she's got the super strength, the flight, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, she's pretty badass. Yeah. 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 All right. I guess that does it for that. Mikey, what do you got? The, does anyone have any last words? Sorry. Uh, I really enjoyed the fact that even though I couldn't find a run I really enjoyed for this, in my research, I basically got to look at a thousand pictures of Olivia Munn. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let me say, oh, has anyone seen uh, Attack of the Dock? No. No. So Attack of the Show has a great documentary that just came out about two weeks ago. Uh, just dropped. It's called Attack of the Dock, a documentary about Attack of the Show. Olivia Munn's heavily featured in it. I really do recommend going to watch this. I, I kind of want to actually do a show about Attack of the Show at some point because that was a that was a, a big show for me. And as nerds, that was something that we kind of coalesced around for a while, I think. There was sure. a time where I, at 4 o'clock, I watched Attack of the Show and that was that. Yeah, I've never seen the show, but I, I went years without a television, so that's probably why. I went years without a television because I'm smart. Well, you are smart. That sucks. I shouldn't have said it like that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You snotty bastard. Snotty bastard. What do you got at the front of the long box? (laughs) At the front of the long box, I have I Am Martin Luther King Jr. by Brad Meltzer. That's a banned book, isn't it? It is a banned book. We are continuing our banned book series with I Am Martin Luther King Jr. It is a child's book uh, written by Brad Meltzer, illustrated by Christopher Elopoulos. It is a... Tommy, can it you is take just a, adorable. Yeah, uh, one second, I'm sorry. Tommy, can you take a shot at pronouncing the artist's name? Uh, Brad Meltzer, who is the artist? Christopher Eliopoulos. Christopher Eliopoulos? That would have been funnier if you said it wrong. Go ahead, Tom. Like, <laughs> he always gets the name so bad. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Sorry. So this uh, book was banned in Pennsylvania. And as we're as we've talked about before with the banned books, the reason why it was banned is because in it, MLK uh, says racism is bad. And a parents complain that this might make white children feel bad about themselves. So normally in the past, it's been single book challenges, right? Somebody wants a book out of their library. They will go and they will say, okay, I don't want this book. 
and they they do a review of it. That's typically how the process works. However, now a group has gone online and just made lists of books that any idiot with a computer can go in and find that list and then bring that list, having never read any of the books, uh, or even state why they are challenging the book. And that's what they did in Pennsylvania. They did this to I am Martin Luther King Jr. and I am Rosa Parks. They challenged the book. The school board pulled all of these books off of the shelves till they could make a determination. But because there were several hundred books on the list, these they effectively banned the book without having anybody review it because it would take forever for people to go through and review all the books to make sure that they were meeting the criteria. So Brad Meltzer went and talked to the school board. Uh, but if you listen to any of the... Uh, articles he says it was the kids of the school district who shamed the school board into saying oh yeah because the school board didn't want to actually ban the books but they were just going to keep it under review indefinitely so which is a coward's way out yes it it absolutely is it's the coward's way out to say oh we're taking a look at it which means we don't want to like be all in, but we don't want to be on the wrong side of history either. And it's very disingenuous. Yeah. And it's kind of distressing that, you know, all you have to do is just throw a list together and say, this is a bad book. And people will take it off the shelves until it's goes through the review process. And you can do that with hundreds of books now. Because oh, yeah. There are these lists floating around there. Can we use it with every version of the Bible? Just hand it. I mean, you could do that, yeah. (laughs) So I think we just need to start doing that with school boards. (laughs) We just start writing out the names of school boards and be like, can we just ban these? I'm not sure that'll work, but it's not a bad idea, Tommy. It's not a bad idea, Tommy. Tommy, what do you have in the back of the uh, the old uh, log box today? I have City Boy Number 1 by Greg Pak and Minkyu Jung. I think you got it right, Tommy. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, this is a, a story about uh, a boy who is kind of one with the city. He can find things in the city because he's connected with the city in such a way that he can literally sense where stuff is. So if people have lost money, he can find it in the city, he knows where it is. Uh, whatever he's looking for, he can find. He is approached by a, a, a homeless guy who sees that kid knows where all the good stuff is and kind of latches onto him. But unfortunately, the homeless guy is found out by a crime boss who's like, hey, man, I need my cut. And so he's hounded for his cut and it makes the kid want to leave the city. And it's it's kind of an interesting power set, though. The kid can actually like blend into the city move around the city however he wants by just kind of melting into the city uh, and becoming part of it. He was part of an experiment that went awry. And because of that, he's actually physically connected to the city. When you say kid, how old are we talking? Are we like talking a teenager. A child or teenager? teenager? Yeah, like a teenager. Okay. So 
Your but, kids uh, also partially made of rock and roll because that's yeah. how they built that city. Yeah, that is how they built that city. So, but it was a, it was kind wait, of an wait, interesting. Are you saying? I just want to make sure I'm, I'm correct on this one. They built the city on rock and roll. Yeah, they built that city. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But totally what about people playing corporate games? No, no, no corporate games. All right. Because they're always we playing. We don't want games. any of your corporate games. We built this. All right, keep going. Well. No one gets this reference. Fine. <laughs> For all you yeah. Starship fans out there, those have been the you know, Starship puns. That was the soundtrack to my '89, my '89, and my '90. <laughs> Fair. Love that song. So, so yeah. So it was kind of an interesting like a, concept. It's so he's connected to his city. What was yes. the experiment? I mean, was it in? I'm having trouble picturing the experiment to connect someone with city. So what, what was it like? I mean, it was just a mad sight, like doing experiments on people. All right. Because uh, that kind of gives me back to the spirit. You remember the spirit? We're talking yeah. Eisner way back in the day. The spirit was connected to the city kind of like that. The spirit was the spirit of the city gave him powers in a weird yeah. way. All right. Are you guys ready for a Tom game? Sure. Yeah. All right. You sure? Yeah. Sure. Sylvester Stallone movies comedies josh uh that one where he's a mob boss that's it's uh, oscar oscar mike from yeah. steel all oh, right josh yeah. still on you are you ready next one go that wait that are comedies or just not straight comedies sylvester stallone comedies oscar that's a good one mikey by the way oh, but see stole that one Ray. nope oh. that was oscar that was oscar <laughs> Tango Cash wasn't a straight comedy, it was an action comedy. Josh, anything? Estelle You're Getty out. was in it. No. Estelle Getty was in it. Estelle Getty was in the next one, to my, Josh. You're out, Tommy. Something with Mama. It was it was something yes. Mama. Yes. Uh, Come on. Uh, uh, Michael Steele. Stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, there was one other, and I will accept Rhinestone. You take Rhinestone as a comedy, and you don't take Tango and Cash? Rhinestone, Bullshit. come on. Rhinestone was Sylvester Stallone and Dolly Parton, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. no Tango and Cash. There was no action. What was the action? I would have gone oh, over, the, over the You're trying to tell me that any, any movie without, with Dolly Parton doesn't have action? I'm sorry. So it's a different kind of action, but it's action I'd want to get. They didn't do that. If you watch Rhinestone by the by. By the way, you forgot Over the Top. Over the Top was not a comedy. It was was a comedy. (laughs) I loved Over the Top. It was supposed to be a comedy. (laughs) It was. Over the Top was an action movie, and it was. Period. It was was an action movie with arm wrestling. Yes. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. It's a comedy. Yo, over the top, baby. Rhinestone was... I'm sorry, I just got to ask one question. If you're not going to put it in comedy, Mikey, where would you put Rhinestone? I I didn't say it wasn't a comedy. I'm just... I'm arguing that the other movies are also comedies. Yeah. No, they're, they're slash comedies. Rom-coms or action comedies. But I was going for pure comedy. Stop or my mom was shoot is definitely pure comedy. Oscar, 100% pure comedy. Rhinestone, just comedy. 
Sorry. I think you limit the genre, sir. That's all Maybe I have to say. Maybe I did. That. I, that's what the game is. <laughs> the game is limiting the genre, so it's hard to do. <laughs> Copland? Uh, Cop, Copland was, was one of the best dramas. I know. Yeah. I was joking. Yeah. I know, but he tried really hard. I, I Remember, I'm the Pollyanna of the group. He tried really hard. He was actually really good at Copland. He was great think, in Copland. Yeah. He tried really hard. Rocky One and Copland are his two best movies. Well, Rocky One he wrote, and I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for that. And Copland also a terrific, terrific drama. He he worked hard on that. He's a hard worker. Yeah. He also fucks around. <laughs> Come on, Rambo Three, where he's fighting with the Taliban. <laughs> I love going back and watching Rambo 3, where he fights with the heroic Taliban. I have not seen any of the Rambo films. Never seen any of the Rambo films? That surprises me. The first one's pretty good. And it's also based on a really good book. I was going to say, after Josh, you fucking asshole. Yeah, I know. Turned me out to the book. After I read the book, I was so pissed off that Rambo, the movie, wasn't good compared to it. Because the book is an incredible incredible indictment on how we treat soldiers post-war and it's just not for the movie uh mike have you read rambo the book yeah no it's actually a really good book where they compare john rambo to the sheriff as somebody who comes back and gets reintegrated into society very well and john rambo who becomes a drifter and how those two people come into conflict and how they were both received differently after vietnam it's a really very well done book it's insane how good this book is it really shows how family and integration and being accepted by your community will change a veteran it's yeah i can't even believe that they opted to make that movie rambo after reading that book, you jerk. Because I liked Rambo. I, I liked like Rambo until I read the book, you piece of shit. I guess that brings us to plugs then. Uh, that seems tangential. tangential oh, yeah, I forgot. Were... Sure. Sorry. What do you got for us there, uh, Josh? Well, you put us on the path. I'm just going just gonna to kick it out. So uh, movies you liked until you read the book or books you liked until you saw the movie? Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> You all well, can't we still like the book, but just be like, what? Where'd this movie come from? So, yeah, let's let's just go like, uh, yeah, tran- bad translation, good translation, in one right. direction or another. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, I love they that book. Hard on some of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the book was just so much better, and then it's... every time they've tried to adapt it to screen, it's like, really? Well, did you like the British one at all? It was okay, but it still just lacked so well, much the, of the book. Yeah. The series had to go on forever, and so did, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's all right. For me, the high water mark will always be iRobot on this. The book. Oh, well, I mean, that, that just, I mean, they just used the name. That was it. <laughs> Why use the name? I even used the name, yes. There was no reason. I mean, to use really, the name. it should have been called not Isaac Asimov's iRobot. It should be called the opposite of iRobot. And I can never get over that in my brain. I just can't. It was yeah. so, so bad. 
The it only thing we're going to use are the laws of robotics. Hey, robot. <laughs> hey, robot. I would have liked it if it was called, hey, robot. <laughs> Look, there's a robot. Hey, there's a robot. Hey, hey, What's going on, robot? Robot. <laughs> I go in the opposite direction. Sword and Sorcery, a movie starring Lee Hornsby and uh, the guy who played Bull on Night Court. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've all Uh, seen Sword and Sorcery. Yeah. There's a book? Oh, yeah. I read the movie adaptation, the book of it, and the book was really good, but, you know, I was... 13 years old? Right. So I don't know if I'm correct. Wait, it's an adaptation of the movie, though? So the movie came first and there's an adaptation. I think so. And they made the book better? Again, 13 years old, I loved the Tri-Sword. I thought it was the greatest sword of all time. I love the Tri-Sword. Next to the Krull. What the hell was that called? They called it the Krull. Thanks to Krull the Glaive, man. The Tri-Sword was my jam. Yeah. Fire those fuckers out. Boo, 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 boo. I By the way, no uh, just on a, a totally random note, I have Hawk the Slayer 2. It's a graphic novel by Garth Ennis. What? Are you fucking me? I, I could be. I mean, not yet, <laughs> but he's got the app. Because. <laughs> good, good pull, Tommy. But that was the other podcast. Yeah. The OnlyFans one. So, Mike, uh, so you have it in your possession? Next. Yes. I can <laughs> bring it this weekend over to Josh's. I assume it doesn't rain because you don't have a car with a fucking roof. <laughs> I will go to your house. I have a roof. It's just not Whatever. on top of the car. Just glue it back on, Mike, and drive your ass up here. Glue's not expensive, is what I'm saying to you. Josh, can you attest? Ah, there's plenty of glue everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Horses yeah. are everywhere. hot melt glue. We, we do a whole thing on Pete's Hot Pete. It's figured uh, out. <laughs> Finally, Be smarter than Pete's Hot Pete. Pete, Mike. That's it. Oh, I would buy that t-shirt. Yeah. Be smarter than Pete's Hot Pete. <laughs> um... Did everyone get their tangent on? Josh, what was yours? I forgot here. Oh, um, I mean, if you just want to go worst translation of all time, and I'm going to, I'm going to take this away. I already got it. I already got it. No, no. Lawnmower Man. Liar. The Lawnmower Man. Oh, you're right, buddy. That is bad. I mean, there's no reason for it. There's no reason to take the title. There's no reason for any of them. (laughs) He's a gremlin who eats grass, and suddenly it's an AI thing. Because computers, I don't know. They had nothing to do with each other. They were like, Stephen King, I would like to pay you some money for the title of this book. And that is it. Do you want any of the plot? No. It has nothing. Not even close. It is no universe even similar. I mean, they don't use, I can't, I mean, I really, watching that, no element. No element even. Not even. Not even I a will, but at least I get a couple elements. At least there were robots. The robots. That's all you get is laws. <laughs> there were robots. There were robots. Robots and, and laws, and that's it. Not the can same I, for the lawnmower, man. Can I just throw out there, because this is a comic book podcast, the Titans decided to go with 
talking about what happened in the Judas contract rather than doing the fucking Judas Judas contract. (laughs) That was the whole, that. Come on, man. Come on, son. And also every, almost every predicament they were in that show, Superboy just could have got them out of it, like in two seconds. Yeah, by using a super speed. Yeah, it would be insane. The whole time you're like, oh, you know, Superboy could just take all these guys out. Or, you know, that Superboy could just and and then there was that one time where Superboy could just Yeah. The whole the whole goddamn series. You know, you know, Josh, maybe maybe that would be like the director's cut. Did you just go in there and Superboy just uses super breath and blows out all the bad guys? Like <laughs> Doesn't three... even use super speed. Just goes, Oh oh guys, I got this. They could probably condense three seasons down to like one forty-two minute episode if they actually let Superboy do what needed to be done. Just yeah, all was, bad guys. Just dis- yeah, over. just disappointing altogether. Like I thought it started to ramp up okay. Like I thought it was the the slow roll, and I thought they were going to get better, and they never did. And I punished so, myself by continuing to watch it. So James Gunn, if you're listening, we can fix all this shit. <laughs> just. Just, Just come to us, us and we will, yeah. we, will make, we will make the magic happen. Seriously. There's a writer's strike on right now. Yeah. And we will stab it And none of us are in the union. No, none of us are scabbing. <laughs> no, we're not scabbing. That, that's a joke, no of course. By the way, did you guys see what Neil Gaiman wrote about the strike? I did not. No. Uh, to put it as uh, succinct as I can, Neil Gaiman said, go see movies. Watch everything that's on because all those things are already in the bank and everyone's already making money off those. Don't boycott movies. Don't boycott TV shows. Don't do anything that's going to take money out of the pockets of the people who've already made all this product. But do uh, hashtag support the, uh, the the strike as we go. Yeah, one of the telling things I read about this strike was an actor, and I honestly I can't remember his name. He's he's sort of like a mid to low level actor, and he was like, "Hey guys, like last year I made," and he sort of like showed like what episodes he did, and his total income for the year was like thirty three thousand dollars, right? Yeah. As as an actor, he has another job, like he keeps another job. He's like, I live very well. Acting pays for like extra stuff. He's like, but I am around the 13% mark, the the 13% highest paid actors, right? So 87% of actors who are part of SAG-APRA make less than $33,000 a year as a professional actor. So as you're thinking about the strike, think about, like, we're not talking about top tier actors here, right? Which we can number, right? We can count those those people on our hands, really. The people who... Uh, hands and, hands do, and toes. Hands does, and toes. Maybe yeah. maybe maybe a couple of dozen people yeah. who really make the top dollars, right? And then everyone else really fits the struggling actor mark. Yeah. Where they, if you know, if you're making thirty three thousand dollars, that means eighty seven percent of those people have a second job. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Especially let's in California. Go, like, let's go support I, those people. Yeah. I lived in San Francisco, and my wife is working for Google. Uh, she was making 120 at the time. I was making like 45, 50,000 at the time running a restaurant, and it was still a rough hue in San Francisco. I yeah. can't even imagine LA. 
And that was 15 years ago, probably. Right? That was 15 years ago. It was, it's, it's a tough market out there just to survive out there. Mikey, you lived in California not too uh, long ago. How much was your rent? I mean, for fuck's sake, it was expensive. Uh, yeah, in Silicon Valley, a, it was $3,400 a month for a 1,200-square-foot uh, apartment. Yeah, it's not cheap. And some people have hashtagged millionaires on strike. It That's not what this is. Yeah. Sure, Fran and- Drescher is the head of the union at the moment. That's great. <laughs> Ronald Reagan was the head of the union for a while, too. It's it's not about those top one percenters. It's about everybody else. And I'm glad that they're working together to try to make this better. So 87 percent of the people would have to make nine thousand dollars more a year to afford rent. In <laughs> San Jose. It's great. Good, yeah. good math, by the way, John. Christ. I mean, is that in your head, dude? Yeah, I, I, I'm good at basic math in my head. Wow. So, yeah, clap, 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 clap. And if you're. And that's not counting the writers who uh, the amount of like if you write for a network show on ABC, NBC or CBS, you get paid one rate. If you write for any other network, you get paid half of that. And if you uh, you don't get any residuals on streaming. So even if your show is like super successful on streaming it means absolutely nothing to the writers. And now what they've done is they've set up a model where instead of paying them per the episode, like uh, where they get that flat fee, they just have them working at an hourly rate on some different shows, which means they can really screw them out of royalties and just pay in general. Whereas they used to get royalties whenever things got aired in syndication. Yeah, I, um, th- and even that's couple... not a lot of money, but it's enough. But it's like... it's continuing money. Yeah. So that if they had a hit, they would continue to get money because they had a hit. Yeah. And and a good example of that might be the guy that wrote uh, "Suicide Is Painless." That was the theme song from Mash. Every time that anyone does a parody of that song, or any time anyone uses any of that song. He gets a check, and he lives off what he calls mailbox money, which is $13 here, $15 here, $400 here from a movie or something. And that's fair. And a lot of these guys just aren't getting what's fair. So support your uh, strikers any way you can, but keep going to movies, keep watching your streaming stuff until – Maybe they say we, we we should pull back. Do you guys remember the last writer strike? Some really interesting things happened during it, including Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yep. That was a direct result of the writer strike. There was a bunch of writers and a bunch of actors who had nothing better to do uh, off of the strike line, and they said, "Well, let's let's try making something ourselves." So who knows? Maybe during the strike we'll see some some really um, fun things happening. Yeah, I'm hoping it kills a lot of shows. It killed a kill oh, it killed a lot, lot of shows. shows yeah, hundred percent killed a lot of shows. So I was worried that about my wife. Like uh, we were, uh, I said, you know, most most comedies they like. She was talking about Super Show, for example, which was a really funny show. And she's like, I don't know why it got canceled. Is because America Ferrera left? And I was like, is, is that the right name? Superstore. Superstore. What did I say? Super, Super show. show. 
Oh, sorry, Superstore. Funny show in an ensemble cast. However, what she didn't take into account was that after three years, their original contracts end and they can renegotiate for more money. And that's when they're like, oh, we don't need the show anymore. We can just scrap this and start an entirely new one and it'll be cheaper for us to produce. So that's why you don't see comedies lasting more than three or four years. Oh, I had not taken that into consideration. That's a very good point, Mike. Also, as a side note, Tom, to your story, I think it was probably 10 years after MASH ended that I found out that Suicide is Painless had lyrics. That's true. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that is not... I didn't, uh, I didn't know. Unless you've seen the movie, the original, you're probably not going to know it. I was going to say, if you didn't watch that, the... The last episode, they had the lyrics in it. They did. Yeah, the last episode. Last episode. They, they coughed yeah. up the money for the lyrics, yeah. <laughs> and who was Painless? Suicide. No, he was the dentist who wanted to commit suicide. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so right. they had a whole ceremony for him. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, the character that they can no longer name, Sparrowshucker Jones, uh, that, whole, that whole movie was terrific. Uh, please go back and watch that movie. It was a great movie. It was a great series, too. I really enjoyed the Mad series. series. Yeah. Fun Personal. trivia fact of... The there were more episodes of MASH than there were days in the Korean War. I remember that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what was uh, uh, b- 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 Klingon? Uh, what was uh, <laughs> the Toledo Mudhens? No, I was gonna say what was the name of his wife, Mrs. Klinger, Donna, <laughs> Donna Klinger. How's classy a name is Donna? Donna. I never thought I'd marry Donna, but she's Donna. Sorry, I was right. like that a lot. That was Mash Talk from yeah. Longbox, guys. <laughs> That's right. I guess that'll bring us to plugs. And uh, for the one of the big plugs, we're, we're going to Terrificon in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just going to enjoy ourselves. Get our Not copies of shit. X-Men 183 signed. <laughs> we're going to get our copies of 186 signed. We're going to uh, uh, see it. There's a bunch of really good people there. And we're going to play in the casino. Does anyone want to stay at the casino, or does everyone want to not stay at the casino? I live 15 minutes from the casino, so I would love you Are you saying 15? Really 15 minutes, or are you fucking around 15 minutes? No, he's about no, 15 no, minutes. He's, no, he's 1-5. One five, one five I, mean, I mean, it'll probably be 20 with all that Comic-Con traffic. <laughs> all right, I'm staying at Mike's house. Who else? I mean, I've got a queen-size bed and a fold-out. So say. we go... Do you guys want to go Friday and then go back on Saturday, or do you guys not want to do that? I, I got to do that. Well, let's, let's talk about this off the call. Yeah. yeah well, that'd not, be fun, Terrific Guy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But All right. let's talk about who's at Terrific Guy. Chris Claremont, which we're all excited about because we're going to get that uh, side. Anybody so else? So many, so many artists. And uh, I mean, it's an actual bevy of Tom King's going to be like, there's so many. Amanda Palmer, right? Amanda Palmer, too. There's so many people there. Uh, that are actual comic celebrities, not celebrity celebrities. Yeah, this has become a pretty decent comic book convention over the past four or five years. It, is. Yeah. it is a comic book Stacked. convention. Yeah, it's it four or five years ago wasn't this good, but now it's really good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're okay, a comic book a... 
Chris Claremont, Alan Davis, Arthur Adams, Don Rosa, Joe Josco, Dan Jurgens, Garth Ennis, Phil Hester, Ron Garney, Darren Banks, Steve McNiven, Rick Leonardi, Dennis Cowan, Pat Alif, Jim Ballin, Tom King, Mitch Gerardis, Dave Finch, Jim Starlin, Jamie Jameson, Ryan Otley, Amanda Connor, Jim Palmiotti, Ron Mars, Khalil Kalaiti, Greg Land, Tom Durenick, Bill Morrison, Val Saluto, Don Kramer, Ron Friends, Jerry Ordway, John Beatty, J.K. Woodward, Franco, Don Kotz, Jamal Engel, Alex Segura, Howard Mackey, Keith Williams, Paul Cooperberg, DJ Chisister, Louise Simonson, Walter Simonson, Mike McCone, Val Samakis, Tom Rainey, Afura Richardson, Jim California, Ron Wilson, Riley Brown, Brett Breeding, Carl Potts, Joe St. Pierre, Rich Morazio, Ken Wheaton, Key Champagne, Mike DiCarlo, Tony Carotas, Tom Nguyen, Dan Perrin, Terry Cavanaugh, Tony Harris, Wade Van Crowder, Dan Breton, Randy Amberlin, Mike Golden, Arthur Sodam, Jim Salcrub, Don Simpson, Javier Salteris, Bo Hampton, Al McGraw, Tana Ford, Barbara Friedelander, Andrew Mepoy, Jim Turnus, Joe Schmalke, Matt Wilson, John Leary Jr., Chris Campagna, Chris Guglioth, Ryan, Dave Ryan, Glenn Whitmore, Art Balazar, Rachel Ordway, Argiano Mello, Jason May, David Wenzel, Aaron Gad, Sebe Sebelewski, Rice, Ross Braun, Tim Townsend, Scott Hanna, Jeff Rubenstein, Bob Almond, Nico Schlenberg, I can't get anything faster, John Giag, Jason Salviak, Ryan Brown Ground. That's it. No, Tim Jones, Justin Simon, Curtis Glover, Adam McConaughey, Adam Olakala, Tom Ryan, Gus Mock. I will say this. We have been to San Diego Comic-Con, and I think there are more comic creators here at Terrificon than there are at San Diego Comic-Con. In my brain, they're only missing one big name. That's Sergio Argonis, who's at all these comic book conventions. Who was there two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, in my my head, I'm thinking uh, there's a couple of great ones out there that aren't going to be there, of course. Uh, but Sergio Gomez is like one of the few that are missing. That I'm like, wow, that that's everybody. That's everybody. Yeah, I mean, we gotta this... we gotta give Mark Russell crap for not going to Terrificon. I was yeah, gonna say, right. friend of the podcast, Mark Russell was one of the other few. There's a, a oh. decent list of uh, celebrities too. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Uh, we should be getting our copies of Bunk Bed Mishaps, by the way. I don't know what Bunk Bed Mishaps is. Mark Russell's uh, comic. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. It's Kickstarter. Okay. He sent out an email the other day saying uh, he's starting to mail them all out. No, I, I went for the one of the big one of the big ones where he has to give me like six personally signed things. Yeah, I got the I got the hardcover of the Flintstones. Even though I already have all of the Flintstones, anyways, I was like, oh, I want that hardcover. I'm just gonna put it in my dad's uh, oh, bookshelf. Book. Oh, that's yeah. nice. nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, Rebecca nice. Romaine is gonna be at a uh, Terrificon. Oh, she's getting yeah. she's getting the talk. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's getting yeah. the speech. She's getting the speech. I get that. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else in plugs? Because that was just all plugs, sir. Oh, well, uh, I'd, I'd like, like to, to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check him out at KirbyCrackleMusic.com. If you're wondering where's the music, eh, shut up. You're not the producer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the producer of me. I'd like to thank 
GeekOrthodox.com. GeekOrthodox.com. Hello, Tammy. GeekOrthodox.com. Prepare for fun. Uh, stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, sake sets, you name it, they got it at geekorthodox.com. If you want t-shirts and other apparel, you got to go to ianlino.com because they got so much stuff they have to have two websites to put all their stuff. That's right. If you want all apparel stuff like t-shirts, you got to go to ianlino.com. For all your other geeky needs, you need to go to uh, geekorthodox.com. Yeah. And they have a brand new static cling available only for Dragon Con, which, by the way, Gen Con, Con, sorry. uh, How many classes are you teaching at Gen Con, Josh? Uh, Four. Two on Friday, 1 and 2 p.m., and two on Saturday, 5 and 6 p.m. Intro to Longsword. Come sign up. There's some slots left on the Saturday classes. Neat. Sweet. I'll be staying in a yurt. <laughs> With no air conditioning. With no air conditioning. Fuck, I didn't think about that until you guys brought it up. And then I was like, really? Yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah. I yeah. kind of want to go, but I don't want to stay in the yurt. Well, you can't stay in the yurt with me. There's only one bed. You can go fuck off and find some else to place to stay. All right, fine. Thanks. But you can stay in the yurt, man. I'm just Thank kidding. you. Jesus Christ, Josh. You're not going to make room in your yurt? Yeah, fuck. I will. Tom, you don't want to stay in that yurt. And that's going to be one loud year. I I had a horrible time at the last DC con that we went to because there was just no EC in this house. And it was a brick. It was a pizza oven. I was staying in a pizza oven, folks. It was a pizza oven. And that about do it for tonight's long box, guys. Thank everybody for listening. Don't forget, uh, you can also listen to our Patreon Patreon page, uh, which is called the Geek Leak. All the money that goes from that goes to our uh, the Elizabeth Peabody House, and that's only how much a week? I forget. A lot. Week. A lot. It's like a dollar a month. Dollar a month. Yeah. Oh, for, yeah. To be a oh, Patreon, yeah. 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 Just a dollar. Yeah. It's yeah. nothing. You can pay dollar more, but we don't we we don't recommend that. Uh, and uh, Josh, terrific guy. Is that your sector? Uh, yeah, Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. Uncasville. How far is your house from there? Uh, just over an hour. Yeah. And Mikey, Mikey, is that, that, uh, 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 uh I'm sorry. Like drunk history, but for comedy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, Tommy, sweet, sweet Tommy. Got your last words for us? Oh, man. Get your shots. Shots. Shots, shots, shots. Yeah. shots. Come have shots with the long box guys at Terrificon. Shots, shots, And don't forget shots, what I always say. Don't just what you hate. Just promote what you love. You'll live longer. Thank you from the long box guys. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.